Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too. Go to patreon.com slash grownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to episode 64 Oof. of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we'll catch up with Jean-Luc in retirement at his family vineyard, discuss a cool <laughs> way to get a handle on all those streaming services, and play an innovative narrative mystery adventure game. Before we get into that, though, my favorite part of the show that you all know so well. Yeah, Mo and George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We're not your favorite part of the show? Uh, amongst my favorite parts of the show, yes. <laughs> there we amongst. go. Amongst. <laughs> we're last on the list, Mo, but we're in there. <laughs> I didn't say where, it's just in amongst. It's scattered. <laughs> it's a randomized list. Yes, fourth listener email. We love it when our fourth listeners write in. The fourth listener this episode is Ryan. Hey, Ryan. First time writing into the show, and the subject line of his email was Stew Monkey's Buddy. So I guess we know oh. how he found the show. <laughs> nice. By the way, Stew Monkey, good job recruiting your friends. We love you for it. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Ryan writes in to say, hey, John, Mo, and George, I wanted to drop you guys a line and let you know I really enjoy what you're doing on Gen X Grown Up. It really takes me back to the golden age of my youth. I've checked a couple of podcasts on the topics in the past, but they never stuck with me for many reasons. Okay. okay. We hear that a lot. Thank you. One day while talking with my buddy, Stu, you guys know him as Stu Monkey, he told me about Gen X Grown Up. Since he and I are the same age, we share tons of memories growing up. I found you on Spotify and dove in. Since then, I've gone through the catalog and listened to every backtrack. Wow. I even wow. chatted with John through Discord. Oh, awesome, Ryan. That's 64 episodes now, or 63, I guess, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he ain't playing. Yeah, he's tearing through it. Whew. Even Dewey Decimal? <laughs> <laughs> Did you he even listen to Dewey Decimal? He said all he of them. He said every backtrack. Even yeah. that best one. That's right. The Dewey Decimal system. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> but we, when we chatted on Discord, he was asking about comic book podcast suggestions. Uh-oh. And uh, I, I, I think I, I, yeah. I leaned him toward George, and George was like, well, there was a great one that I did for a while. I don't know what else to <laughs> aim him for. No guilt. No. But keep up with us on Discord because uh, keep pestering George because he'll tell you eventually. He'll, yeah. he'll pick one for you. Eventually. He says, anyway, I'm currently caught up. I wait for each new episode on Thursday. I want to thank you guys for bringing back all the great memories from growing up as Gen Xer. Keep up the great work. Forever a fourth, Ryan. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Thank you. Thank you, awesome. Ryan. That's Welcome, great. Ryan. So yeah. that's the epitome of your question at the end of the podcast. If you have a friend who isn't listening, why not? Why not? Yep. That's- fix it. Take care of it. And Stu Monkey (laughs) took me seriously, and he did. So, Ryan, welcome to the fold. Apparently, he still has a friend. And Stu Monkey did not alienate you by exposing you to us. So, that's good. We've ruined friendships. Exposing might be the right word there. Oh, God. (laughs) We also got a new iTunes review. I love when these keep coming in. Jeez. That's like an effort. I'm getting spoiled now. I'm like, why are you saying we got a new one? We should always have a new one. How come just one? What's going on, John? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But we got a new five-star review Mm -hmm. from Michael. He puts on there the subject line was it's like i went to school with these guys all right <laughs> i like it already so here's the review it says okay so i didn't go to school with these guys but i remember friends like these from school being a gen x guy myself this trio 
reminds me of my group of friends from school in the 80s. We would sit around and talk about the cool stuff we saw on TV, the latest video game on Atari, and what movie we're going to check out that weekend, all of which they do every week. See there? Nice. Yeah, sweet. This podcast evokes fond memories of my childhood while keeping me up to date on all the new geek nerd trappings of the today. Unlike a lot of other podcasts, Gen X Grown Up continuously has new content every week without repeating content. Ooh. I may not have gone to school with these guys, but I wish I had. As they say, give it a listen. You'll be glad you did. I am. Wow. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Very- nice. Wow. I-, I feel humbled. Although I'm worried that he's going to sue us for copyright infringement soon because he said he came we stole up with all his friends ideas. With his friends. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Let's just hope he and his friends didn't copyright that in the 80s when they were sitting around the I lunch table so. doing that. <laughs> Can you copyright a format? Maybe. Nah, who knows? Let's, let's pretend know. no. Yeah, let's, let's say, say no. Let's just say no. We know that. <laughs> just frivolous lawsuit. No, let's not do that. <laughs> oh, so thank you, Ryan and Michael. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much for leaving the iTunes review and for writing in. If you would like your email right here on the show, all you have to do is hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll put you in the hopper. And of course, you can head over to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us one of those reviews. It really helps people to find us. With that, then, I say it's time to hop into the meat of the show. Ready for this? Let's do it. It's the perfect kind. We've stolen the world's supply of new pink lemonade. Bubbly up! It tastes like pink lemonade. It's the new taste everyone's after. Uh-oh. It is I, Detective Yum, find on out rubs that bubble yum bubble gum. But pink lemonade makes big pink bubbles. You're all washed the pop off. But it's you who's going to wave goodbye, Yum Finder! New Pig Lemonade Bubble Yum, the big taste everyone's after. Let's get the ball rolling with media. That's the first segment we typically do that we stole from Mike Cole, of course, and his friends to get started talking about media. <laughs> now, George, so <laughs> you were looking forward to a film, mm-hmm. and yep. I suspect you specifically have it here on the list just to keep it out of looking back and looking forward next year. That is exactly why I have it on All the list. All right. So let's, what have you been watching, George? He asks suspiciously. <laughs> I actually just recently, this past Friday, watched a movie called The Gentleman. What a surprise. you remember. Well, something oh. I was looking forward to in the last regular podcast episode. Oh, right, uh, it was all a right. Fun little, it was the Guy Ritchie new film that came yep. out with Matthew McConaughey and a whole bunch of British actors. And it was actually really fun. Like, I kind of knew I was going to enjoy it, but I also was worried that it was going to be disappointing because I was going to go in with some expectations, being that it was a Guy Ritchie film and Matthew McConaughey, which those two don't really seem to go together. Yeah. Now, I remember you saying that you heard some negative buzz, but you're like, I'm going to see yeah. it anyway. It looks good to you. And it did. I enjoyed it. For me, it was fun. The theater was pretty full. For some reason, my AMC only put it in one of their small theaters, even though it was opening night, hmm. which was really that odd. That does seem odd. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's not like there were a ton of new movies that came out this weekend. I thought they could have put it in one of their three big theaters, but or four big theaters, but they didn't. So that's fine. But it was pretty full, uh, probably 80, 90% full. And everybody was laughing at what were appropriate moments. So I think the film hit its marks. Everybody went out talking about the film. You could hear little conversations going on and stuff. So I think that was good you know that's the kind of a mark of a film that you don't get a lot of people talking about it on the way out yeah the last yeah. one i talked about a lot on the way out was the lighthouse just because i was so damn confused right but in <laughs> a good way it depends on that's kind yeah. of rare yeah but that's <laughs> not really the movie that i care to talk about today i just wanted to get it off the list that was you ticking a box you cheater that was just me ticking a box <laughs> oh i do count? suggest you go see it it's definitely worth five dollar tuesday it might be kind of in between and we just had somebody on discord 
like expand our A-list movie rating system a little bit. Oh, right. So I'm going to yep. go with that person's uh, suggestion that this is kind of a matinee price. So it's a in matinee. between okay. the $5 Tuesday and the full price. Oh, okay. But a movie that is absolutely full price, without a doubt, no question. Matter of fact, full price, go see it more than once if you can handle it, mm. is 1917. I know it's mm. only January, February. This is the best film of the year. Yeah. So what about it? Now, so after you recommended it, you know, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, this looks heavy and it's a war movie and I don't know if I'm going to see mm-hmm. it. And then when you said, you know, in our internal chats behind the scenes, you were like, this is the best movie of the year. So I went to see it. So I, I know what I liked yeah. and didn't like about it. Tell us why sure. you loved it so much. I loved it for a lot of different reasons. Number one, I was really impressed with how they simulated the one camera visual. The one, the one shot deal. Yeah. Single shot. It wasn't an exact one shot there are films out there that have done one single camera one shot no cuts mm-hmm. but this one simulated that throughout the whole film but what i really liked that that gave the film was the sense that the characters couldn't go backwards they couldn't go back home they had to keep moving forward which was perfectly in line with the story that they had to keep moving forward to get this message across to the other side of the enemy lines and it was impactful we saw it in one of those dolby atmos theaters so the screen was super crisp but oh more yeah. importantly the sound was there and mm-hmm. there's a scene in it where it's a war film so this is not going to spoil it there's a scene where there's some gunshots that come out of nowhere yeah. and i could tell right away having shot guns and been around guns my whole life they used full loads these were not half load cartridges i'm sure they were blanks and mm-hmm. squibs but there were full load gunshot sounds wow. in this film and each one of those bullets felt like it was hitting me in the chest the way the sound was working in the theater that I saw it in. Cool. There were nice little surprises and jabs and stuff that you didn't see coming, I thought. Things that were very true to what I would imagine a war scenario being like. This felt like the first 10 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, but for the whole film. Like everything for the whole movie. Yeah. felt true to pace and felt true to life. That single shot thing just now I loved like Alfred Hitchcock's Rope is a film that Mm -hmm, I have always loved that they did kind of single shot thing. It makes a movie like a play because the actors are like, this is going to be a long shot. We have to be able to kind of be in the moment and extemporaneously kind of ad lib when things go wrong. And but it it kept the tension so high that it was. Oh, my God. It became hard to watch at times. It did. Yeah. And by the way, like we know war is hell for God's sake. War is hell. Good Lord. (laughs) Man, it's like when you can't look away way that's like i wouldn't say it's gruesome like for gruesome sake no, actually, it they wasn't. didn't it wasn't, they didn't turn yeah. away from corpses and death and carnage and they just kind of treated it kind of flippantly the way people i imagine on the battlefield have to because if you get emotionally involved in every corpse you find you're gonna be a basket case and they're just stepping over bodies and it's like my god this is a nightmare that was a part that kind of like blew me away in a way was like the part you know like you said like there's areas where there's just all these bodies just literally everywhere that he's yeah. literally mm-hmm. crawling over or through yeah. right yeah. but you looked at his face it like didn't even register yeah. like he, he was can't. just doing it yeah i think as a human you would shut down if you took that personally right, point, for yeah. every well and you know that those two characters had been in the war for a period of time already so they had yes, already seen right. the shit especially the one guy who you see in the trailers running around and everything that yep. guy you can tell there was some, and they kind of reference it here and there like he went through some gruesome battle scene before this movie starts its timeline but i loved how they also gave you little respites after really hard hard pounding dramatic events and I'm not going to go into them because it's going to spoil parts of the movie but Mm -hmm. they gave the character and in reference you a chance to rest for just 
30 seconds or a minute and a half maybe and then boom it picks back up and yeah, it I goes use right more risk net. <laughs> well, yeah. and i think the one thing that signified it being one of the most impactful films i've ever seen so my son is the one who recommended this film and wanted to go see it with me so we went and saw it together he and i obviously you can tell from this podcast that i talk a lot he talks just as much as i do <laughs> we got done watching this film and for about 20 minutes after the film neither of us said a word to each other Whoa. we just couldn't <laughs> yeah we we just couldn't speak it was that impactful i can't remember a film that had that effect on me that's why i say it's the best film of the year yeah but actually i i liked it i mean i thought it was a really really good movie i thought the use of the single shot um was perfectly appropriate like it wasn't a gimmick it, it right. worked in this case um uh, but like john like you were saying i mean the thing that got me was that i mean i had left this movie i was stressed out yes. sure yeah yeah which is not a great feeling Tired even, right <laughs> yeah right yeah you don't walk away with the happy like i had to watch some like rick and morty or something afterwards i had to like you know, I had to come down <laughs> off of that decompress <laughs> right and oddly enough if you go look on youtube now there are plenty of behind the scenes releases out there and i'm sure when this gets released on dvd or streaming or whatever there'll be plenty of that stuff of course it wasn't one camera one single shot they edited it in certain ways and what i found interesting was the parts of the movie where i thought there was a cut like a fake cut there weren't and the parts where i was sure it wasn't it it was was. and i was like (laughs) holy crap really that's how they like there are parts of the film and i'm not going to say which ones where they literally are booming a camera and two guys walk up behind the camera dressed in full world war one soldier uniforms because they're about to be extras pick up the camera off the boom and keep walking with it and then put it back on something else so they're, and they're both end up cast in the shot. and crew they're double oh, teaming. Yeah. they're double teaming it cool. oh wow yeah. it was very interesting very cool i'm not going to say which scenes go look at the youtube videos you'll find them it was really well done and john you mentioned hitchcock's the rope yep. the director and the cinematographer both reference that film as their main inspiration as for well they should yeah. yeah yeah that's that that's one where they ratchet up the tension with that single shot thing and it really just makes it a play which i really enjoy because i like live theater i thought 1917 based on your recommendation went to see it it was less of a movie and more of an event. It was like, hmm. witness this thing. Be witness to sure. this moment. Because it felt so tangible the way they put it together. I wouldn't put it as high as you do probably on a pedestal. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was a little over stressful for me, but in, right. a, in a way that was made it meaningful theater, really, I think. Yeah. you know, it, it wasn't a movie. It was like theater, I think. I, that's that's really right. the best kind of compliment that I can give it. So obviously, how many tokens would you give it? We said it's going to be see it more, more than oh, once geez. full price. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think for tokens? If I could do more than five tokens, I would. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, for me, deal. it's the yeah best film of the year. It's probably the best film I've seen in the last several years. Definitely one of, if not the most impactful films I've seen in my life. I, I could see that. Yeah, I don't think I would debate that no. at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm the only one who gets to have two things they talk about in this segment. So let's go over to John. Which one thing are you going to talk about today? Yeah, that's problematic for me. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We were talking before the show that I we, I consciously try to limit this to just one thing each time in each category because I don't want you know a segment to become 30, 40 minutes long because we talk about so much, right. but sometimes it's really difficult. So obviously, I want to talk about Star Trek Picard, and that's going to be my sure. main topic. But I have to give a shout out to another science fiction series that just started, kind of snuck in. It may not have, might not have seen it coming. There's a series called Avenue 5, mm-hmm. and it stars okay. Hugh Laurie yeah. as the captain of a spaceship. If you haven't seen it yet, let me just tell you, imagine if Battlestar Galactica and the Love Boat had a baby. What? And the result would be Avenue yeah, 5. it's a cruise ship in space. 
<laughs> so the, the premise is fantastic. It's a cruise ship that is a spaceship. I think the fifth element, you know, the, the giant cruise right. ship spaceship going to Flosten Paradise, yeah. right? So it's on its maiden voyage to go out around the moon of Saturn and come back. And it's like this the three or yeah. four week cruise. And something happens <laughs> that I won't spoil. It's something really funny, though. And it messes up their trajectory by less than a degree. And now it's going to take them nearly three years to get back home. Right. They're way oh, off track. Okay. So everyone who's there, just briefly, like a love boat scenario, and they're, you know, they're people who are married or people not supposed to be there or people having marital problems or the, the crew. And it is so snarky. It is so kind of like tongue in cheek. It's, we'll probably talk about it more in the future. It's episodic. It's coming out a week at a time, but Avenue five is a science fiction series. Kind of like the Orville was a few years ago. Like it might get overshadowed by Picard that I want to talk about, but it's worth checking out. So Avenue five. So is it on a streaming service or it's on HBO? HBO. Yes. HBO. Yep. So it's a little bit gritty. It's a little bit nasty. Sometimes they'll drop an F bomb here and there. Clever, well-written. Problem is, I don't know if I like it yeah, yet. Yeah, that's where I am with it, too. It's, it's like neat I, I like and interesting. The... We'll see where it goes. Yeah, it, it got my interest, so I'll definitely watch it again. You know, watch the next episode, but I could see it going horribly yeah, It might be dumb. Too. It might be. I just don't know yet. It's just so. totally going too stupid. So we'll I'm going to take we'll a look at it just to see if they find Ruby Rod down in the bowels of the ship somewhere. <laughs> I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised, would be surprised based <laughs> on how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Avenue 5, you should check it out. We'll see how that goes. All right, so John, what do you actually want to talk about here? Mainly, I want to talk about Star Trek Picard. I was oh looking forward God, to it last time we got together. Mm-hmm. The first episode is out. Uh, I, I want to say maybe accidental spoilers. I don't want to be too guarded because it's out. Everyone has seen it. It's been out for a couple I weeks. I think all true Trekkie people have seen this yeah, one. Yeah, I think so, right. There's going to be a myriad of people that say, this is not Star Trek. They're ruining everything. Those people can shut their damn mouths. Absolutely. Star Trek Picard, for me, and I, I know George are going to have opinions. You and I have had long Star Trek history together. Yeah. I watched this and and it was emotional for me. It was a couple mm-hmm. times I kind of, my, my lip quivered a little bit. You know, I'm not crying, you're crying kind of stuff. <laughs> not because they did something super impactful, but because of how much the next generation was part of my growing up in the 80s and the early 90s and my love for Star Trek and those characters. And just, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting a little weepy thinking about it. It's because I am him. I remember my love of Star Trek and now I'm older and my life is not as simple as that and things are different. And that's where Picard is is the series. He's older, more mature, kind of reflective on his life. And things aren't the way they used to be. And he's fighting that. There's so much in it to unpack. And it was so powerful and impactful to me. I can't Mm -hmm. wait to see more of it. Oh, I know. Oh, I'll take a breath there. And so, George, are are we on the same trajectory? Different? What did you think of it? I know you just just watched the first episode. Uh, I think we should let Mo get in there and we'll bookend it a little bit. Okay. All right. Okay. Go for it. All right. All right. I mean, I like The Next Generation. I wasn't as as huge a kind of super fan Mm -hmm. like you guys were, but I did enjoy it. I did watch them. So I saw Picard and I really was like, okay, so I wasn't necessarily looking for the nostalgia aspect of it. You know, I was just seeing how hopefully a good Star Trek yep. story. And in my opinion, they just knocked the shit out of this thing. It was out of the park. The story was fascinating to me. The little backstory between what happened, why Picard left. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I want to find out what the hell. I, mean, I am. I'm hooked already on this show. And there's callbacks, but it's not just fan service. Like it's it's every every callback has a reason. Right. It's all like so far. Everything has seemed very real. Nothing has been like, oh, well, we have to have number one in there, except now it's a dog. But still, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, it's a story, which I already am a fan of. And it's a deep story, too. And the, since I already knew the characters, they didn't have to spend a whole lot of time on that, which was nice. You come in you with know, all their, you know all the their backstory already. and their baggage and their life. Yeah. Right. 
Yep. We just had to get caught up with him, really, basically. And Picard, I'm like, holy crap, his backstory. I was like, wow, that a lot happened between then and now. <laughs> yeah. So I can tell you right now, I am totally hooked. And I think even if you're not a Star Trek fan with quotes, this is just this is a good, good story. Yep. And I think it's good television. Yeah, absolutely. So get it, George. Wax poetic <laughs> on it. Go for it. So I did watch the first episode of the series and uh, mm-hmm. he hated it. Not a big fan. Not a big fan. Not a big fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just some uh, some stuff that I, uh, I, I you're, you're a liar you're a dirty liar he's totally you're lying. Dirty he liar. Is lying he is lying <laughs> we play <laughs> he is, he's lying oh, like a I cheap was dreaming I was having a nightmare no I freaking loved it of course I did are you kidding me <laughs> we, Jesus, we played no, too just much like poker wakes up for from me his to nightmare. buy that <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, like, oh, so no. definitely yeah I mean if you've enjoyed any Star Trek in your life you're probably going to enjoy the show. I can't imagine how you wouldn't, but I'm saying probably because maybe there's some reason why you wouldn't like it. I definitely enjoyed it. There was a lot of great Easter egg videos that are already out on YouTube mm-hmm. about things you might have missed mm-hmm. and everything. And I went yep. back and watched yep. those because I wanted to see if I picked up on right. all this because I was watching it with that <laughs> how intention. Much of like, it you this caught. first episode, there are going to be a crap ton of little Easter eggs and callbacks. And, but mm-hmm. they're all like appropriate though. I picked up on most of the ones that people are talking about, like the Picard Day banner. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In his archive. Yeah, the Stargazer model, all that stuff. The yeah. Captain Shuttle from the thing. I loved how this started off with a poker game where the final episode right. of the series all ended good with things a poker ended game. with a poker game. Oh, yeah. 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 And there was a hint that it, you were actually in a dream, probably because you were on yes. Enterprise D, which was destroyed. Right. But Data in was the wearing uniform. a different uniform. Yes. Yes. From Nemesis. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We could talk for hours about Picard, probably, in our Star Trek nerdery. Oh, yeah. No. That was, <laughs> this really could be be a separate thing <laughs> its own podcast now like a whole that's right gen yeah. x grown-ups view of star trek picard or any other new star trek series because aren't there like nine in production or there's something? so much coming video? yeah there is there's so much i coming. mean so <laughs> we could go forever but what uh, did you yeah. think about did you feel that similar angle realizing that we were young when picard was young and now he's older and we're older and life is not as idealistic and sure it was, it was a parallel i wasn't expecting going in until it hit me and i'm like oh my goodness this is a parallel i kind of expected it because i'd seen a couple of little interview segments like you know he went on the view i'm sure you know about that whole yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah yep yeah. yep they're been people asking him, you know, how can he reprise the role? And he's like, well, it's really easy. They wrote it 18 years later and I'm 18 years older. A so person. it's just me now. It's mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah, That's exactly what it is for us. John, you and I are 18 years older now yep. since Next Gen finished. And different point of view on things, different, different you know, people, opinions. Right. Yeah. The uh, things that you and I started off with joining that Star Trek club and believing in the ideals that Gene Roddenberry had put forth in the original series of Starfleet and peace and all that kind of thing. We have a different viewpoint now, and we understand that the world is more layered than that black and white view we might have had when we were in Mm -hmm, our 20s. uh And that's what's in this series. Him being in the situation he's in is completely believable. And that's a thing that you could not have said about him in the first few seasons of Next Generation. Yeah, sure. Picard is not my favorite of the captains. Matter of fact, I really never care for him a terrible whole lot, to be honest, as as a character. You're not to be wrong. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. You can have a flawed opinion. It's fine with us. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, even on the next generation, he was never my favorite character. Okay. But let me tell you, watching this series, though, it's like, I, I like you him so much more. You find a new respect for him. You have more depth. But yeah, and uh, he seems a lot from. more just real. 
he's not like a almost like a caricature of a person. He seemed like just like a real person. So I really liked it a lot more. It's better. almost like cheating. I mean, Patrick Stewart just brings it. He has a presence yes. that when he turns that on, it's just like you you want to see what he's going to say next because he just has so much charisma. It's it's uh, yeah. Other actors are probably pissed at him. <laughs> you can say that, yeah. you know, he may not be a favorite. Picard may not be a favorite character, but Patrick Stewart, you have to admit, is arguably one of the best actors of his generation. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, of his generation, he's one of he's the best actors. He's a very good actor. No, he's one of the best actors of his generation. You look at the variety of different roles he's played. From Ebenezer Scrooge to Professor Xavier to Picard to I mean, whatever. Duncan Idaho and Dune. I mean, he's done oh, yeah. a lot of different stuff and he's played a lot of different characters. And he's been an iconic actor throughout our Gen X experience and all the things that he's been in from Dune to Star Trek to X-Men to whatever. Right. Yeah, it's like he's inextricably linked to our uh, Gen X DNA, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, can't wait for more of that. But okay, I'll put a pause on Picard. I'm sure we're going to end up talking about that again (laughs) as this series unfolds. Mm -hmm. So Mo, even though you're incorrect about your opinions of Patrick Stewart and Picard, I do want to hear your opinions (laughs) of what you've been checking out in media recently. (laughs) So this is a Netflix show that, you know, they pop up like a million, like, oh, you want to watch this series, right? right. Netflix is recommending this for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so this is called October Faction. Hmm. That title sounds familiar. I think it recommended it, it for me. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it like one of those big banner Netflix original series things. So I saw it on there because they kept, it just kept popping up. Like <laughs> they wouldn't leave them alone. Don't they like, annoy you into watching stuff I know. sometimes? Right? <laughs> they just so like, they so like, you I'm down. Like, Fine. I said, let me just watch it so that way I can say, okay, it sucks. I'm never going to watch it again. I just skip past it, right? And I'll just describe like the opening scene and you kind of take it from there. So okay. the opening scene is like this guy like our age kind of sitting on like a edge of a bed and he's like looking kind of down it's like a hotel room and he hears his wife talking she says oh what's wrong he's like oh he's off the phone he's like oh man my father died and she goes oh you know how, you know a woman come up behind you put your arm around you you know comfort him except she has a gun in her hand okay well <laughs> and she's like oh i'm so sorry to hear that he's like yeah they have a little just talk about it and she's like holding him still with this gun in their hand they get up to leave and in the corner of this hotel room there's like this monster that jumps up and she shoots it and kills it <laughs> what the hell exactly that was what exactly <laughs> what i was thinking when i watched this opening scene so i'm like all right i'm watching this episode because <laughs> i gotta figure <gasps> all out right what the hell is going on with so this what show. the hell is the premise of this show other than shooting monsters in hotels it's a, one of these things that kind of comes around a lot but you know basically like there are monsters in the world but most people don't aren't aware of it right and there's a group of people okay. that go around hunting them and this couple is one of the part of the group. All right. And so kind of like x files kind yeah, of. X-Files, except, of they're, like, except they're more like, paranormal. like, oh, I want to discover it. No, we're out there to basically okay. kill them. Is there anything yep. original in what you saw in the first episode? Well, just the whole idea, like the opening scene grabbed me, be honest, because I wasn't expecting well, it. Well, sure. But I mean, like original in the premise, because so far it sounds like every third you know, sci-fi. Right, it monster sounds very film. derivative yeah. so far. Right. Yeah. 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 It, what made it kind of interesting was that it's this group that's been around for, for a really long time. This guy, like his dad was one. And so now he's one and they're going to a whole backstory about his father, why he died and you know, his brother died a whole bit. So there's a lot, there's a lot of good story into it, which helps carry it kind of gets you past the premise a little bit has really great acting in it. I watched the first three episodes and I was like, okay, okay you know, it's and it, it, each episode, it gets a little deeper. It gets a little more interesting. So I don't know if it's like an amazing show, but it's definitely a good show. 
I think it's something that you could watch and be like, okay, this is kind of cool. And I'll watch, you know, maybe I'll binge them in short bursts or something like that. <laughs> Can you binge in short bursts? Well, yeah, that not like three episodes is. at a time. That's going to, you know, I call that burst, <laughs> okay. burst binging. You know, coming up, I binge it one episode at a time. Burst binging. <laughs> you know, one episode at a time is snacking. This is. <laughs> it's like eating potato chips. You can't eat just one, but you don't want to eat the whole exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. I'll leave three chips. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's potato chip binging. We've just coined a new term at Gen X Grown Up. We copyright that. Potato chip binging. Yeah. There you right. go. Copyright. So, Follow the you know, copyright <laughs> It also has like Tamara Taylor, who she was in Bones. She was like the one of the, the administrative person in Bones. She was in Serenity for a little bit. She was the teacher that stabs her in the head in her dream sequence. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. in the Serenity yeah. film. So okay. I figured that reference would get you guys. I was in Lost. <laughs> yeah, that one would get me. Yeah. <laughs> George is back Bones, on board. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, who is she again? <laughs> you stab somebody in the head. I remember yeah, she that. She was in Altered Carbon. I don't know if you guys watched that show on Netflix series. I did watch Altered Carbon. She was the yeah. lawyer yeah. in that. And so she's the main person in this. Well, one of the main people in it. Great actress. I think it's it's a solid show that I think if you watch it, you wouldn't be like, oh, I feel like I wasted my time. I think it's something that's worth it. Now, is it like an amazing finesse? Oh my God, I can't believe I have to watch every single episode right now kind of show. No, but is it yeah. a good show? Yeah, I think it's a very good show and I think you'd enjoy watching so it. So October Faction. October Faction. Because apparently in October, it, it ranks <laughs> You up. primarily watched it to get Netflix to stop messing with you and, and recommending it. Yeah, it totally worked. Here comes Point Dread and the Talent Fighter, including adventure book and story record with sound effects. Action figures sold separately. Let's hear He-Man, Skeletor, and the Point Dread story. I, Skeletor, will finally defeat He-Man. I'll use the talent fighter to stop Skeletor. In a flash, He-Man's hurled through space and time. Surrender to the power of Point Dread's talent fighter. You win, He-Man, but I'll be back. <laughs> Point Dread and the talent fighter with record and storybook. You have to put it together. Action figures sold separately from Mattel. <sighs> The streak is over. I have nothing. <laughs> we know how this I was going to go. I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing for tech and toys. It's, Does two I'm... count as a streak? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like binging one thing. That's right. Two things is not a it's streak. It's potato chip binging. <laughs> that's coincidence is what that is. You know, I'm techless and toyless. So I'm hoping you guys will help me out here and... Give me something that's techie or toy Yeah, because this intro with. is not awkward at all. No, no, no. So, all George, right. let's toss it to you. How about you, George? What do you got? <laughs> so, George, let's bail Mo out. If you can come up with some tech, I can come up with the toy. How about that? Deal? All right. Fair enough. Go I've for got it. some online tech. Will that will that work? Yeah, can absolutely. Use that? All right. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll do. It'll do? Okay. <laughs> Mo, you have no room to criticize. You, you just hush and listen. <laughs> all right. So, we all have talked about this multiple Multiple times we have a ton of different streaming service options to choose from. We have Netflix and we have Amazon Prime and we have Hulu and we have HBO Max and we have Showtime. Oh God, and yes, yep. CBS All and Access, just, just so much, billion of them, right? Well. I often have that same thing that we had when we were kids or more likely our parents might have had as we were growing up. We've got 30 channels and there's nothing to watch. <laughs> right. You're so inundated with all the things in there that you feel like you can't find anything interesting, right? Exactly. Yep. So I was like, there's got to be something out there that will help me figure out what's on on these different streaming services. Because each one, you go to the streaming service, you can do a search. Oh, it's not here. You go to the other one. Oh, it's not there. Oh, you go to the other one. Because I was trying to find a particular movie that I wanted to watch, an old movie, and I was like, it's got to be somewhere on a streaming service that I have. So I did a quick Google search. How can I find something I want to watch on different streams? And this, the first one that popped up was called Just Watch. Just and Watch. Mo, I've okay. given you a link. Hopefully you can put that down yep. in the show notes down below. It's called JustWatch.com. Oh, yeah. 
Com. There is a U.S. version. I'm not sure if there's a U.K. or other country versions, but the one I went to was the U.S. version. I'd imagine probably. They have listed in their service over 85 streams. Like services, like like Netflix is Different one, streaming like Hulu services. is one. Yes. Oh, wow. 85. Exactly. I, 85. Oh, no. I didn't even know there were 85. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Damn. Well, maybe it's worldwide, too. Right. It, well, it might be, but this one is specifically accessible US, in the right. States. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You go in, you can set up a free account, of course, and it'll track your preferences. So like if you say you like a movie, it'll, of course, suggest movies. But the cool part is it'll suggest movies on different platforms. You can even join. I think there's a paywall service that you could join. Tell it which services you have, and it'll say, here's the things on your services you can watch, which Mm -hmm. is an even cooler feature. You can look by the service and what are the most popular things on that service right now? What are the most recent things? You know, that kind of stuff. So it's all in one place, though. You can also, John, just like some of these other gaming one pane of glass kind of things that you've been talking about lately, Mm -hmm. you can click into the service from this. Oh, almost like it's like a streaming launcher almost. Is that right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so you can see uh, a movie and it's only on one streaming service. Great. You click into it. If it's on multiple services, which one do you want to watch? And you can watch it from whichever service you want to watch it from if you have one or the other. I enjoy it so far. It's gotten me out of a lot of binds because I often have a hard time procrastinating if I don't have something to watch and I want to procrastinate. So this has saved me <laughs> and allowed me to keep procrastinating as often as I can. Well, that's great. By finding me something to watch. (laughs) All right. So here's the million dollar question. What was the movie you were looking for and using Just Watch, were you able to find it? Uh, So... I'm going to be embarrassed. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. You you wanted to watch Goop, right? No, the movie I was trying to find was Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. Oh, I saw that Okay. That's fine. Yeah. It's just one of my 80s guilt pleasures. I love the music in it. I love John Fogarty. And it's, you know, Michael Perry and the only film he was ever a lead in, essentially. (laughs) Um, It was just one of those films. And I just had, I had heard some John Fogarty on the radio on the way home that day. And I was like, I really want to watch that. And I couldn't believe I didn't already own it. Okay. So I'm trying to find it. And it wasn't on any of the streaming services. So I had to go to my public domain reservoir to find it. And it took a <laughs> couple of days, but I finally did. It can't help the fact that the movie I was searching for isn't out there anywhere on 85 different streaming services. Oh, that, really? Okay. It just wasn't out there? Nobody had it. just it. wasn't out there. Yeah. Okay. Nobody had. So you had to get like a DVD well, rip of it. That's the only way to I see take it. it back. There were people who had it for rent. Like Amazon Prime, I could rent it for like $2. Oh, nobody was like free streaming it. Okay. Right. Exactly. And I was like, no, it I'm did not, succeed. I'm not it, for it did let you it find the movie. Succeed. If you had paid yes. two dollars, you could have watched it right away. So I could have. The service was successful. That's good. All right. Yeah. Stupid movie. No, I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I provided the tech. John, you said you were going to provide the toy. What are we going to do? Yeah, I am. Uh, it's no secret that I'm a huge fan of the early '80s board game by Milton Bradley called Dark Tower. <laughs> really? Yes, you are. It is. Yeah. Really? <laughs> no surprise. It is also no secret that I've been excited and anticipating a uh, rest games reimagining called return to dark tower and their kickstarter took off last week wow so they started a 21 day kickstarter this is a reimagining of the classic board game that had a nice board and an electronic tower in the middle that was an asshole dungeon master and you had to you had to fight against four hours into the kickstarter they had reached their funding goal which was eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars jeez Four hours it took to do that. For a game that was on the shelves for less than a year. Less in than the a year. Early yeah. 80s. Yep. That's right. That's 
impressive. As we record, there are 10 days left in the campaign. They're up to $2.9 million. Wow. <laughs> and they're about to get some more because I'm seriously considering it. I, and yeah, I'm I haven't one pulled of the them. trigger either. I'm yeah. like, oh. Well, man. So let's all talk. I mean, John's going to wax poetically about this thing as long as we did about Picard. But Mo, <laughs> let's get John to admit why you and I are probably still slightly hesitant to pull the trigger. John, tell everybody how much this damn thing mm. costs. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, in, in my defense, I backed it at the top level. Okay, so that, wait, wait, that's a defense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I tell you the price, you'll know how much you're going to get. Is my point. You're getting the base game, which includes the board, the electronic tower with lights and sound and motors. You're going to get the alliances expansion that has all new campaigns to add in. The dark horde miniature pack that has figures, not just tokens for the monsters you're going to fight. The Coffers tokens that replaces the cardboard tokens that come with the game by default with nice pressed printed plastic pieces mm -hmm. and all of the like stretch goals that unlock and a big rubber neoprene stitched edge board instead of a cardboard one. And all of that is going to be slightly less than three hundred dollars. <clears throat> oh yeah, we say or, slightly less. I, the, Do you mean three like two ninety nine yeah, ninety five? Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> now you could get away with the base price of just one hundred twenty five dollars. That's the base price Who's for the you? game because you did not get away with anything. No, no, I, I said you, not me. You could get away with the base <laughs> the <royal> price. You. <laughs> I, I expect this game is probably going to be like one hundred and fifty dollars retail when it comes out publicly. But what you're going to get for the game for the, I mean, it's the game is played on a board plus the electronic tower, plus an app, and all those work together. The tower is Bluetooth, and it does what the phone app tells it to do, and it makes sounds and noises and flashes LEDs at you. It's Dungeons & Dragons done in a really cool way in a board game, and it's expanded upon it in ways that are smart, but not made it overcomplicated like so many board games tend to try to do these mm -hmm. days. Or lose the initial feel, right? Yeah. So all of that is the good news. The bad news is, when can I play this game? It's not going to be out until February of 2021 yeah <laughs> 2021 2021 right so you have a little over a year 13 months away still oh but i i couldn't be more excited about a reimagined dark tower i mean i literally played dark tower george you, you came over and visited uh last week yeah we played dark tower then i mean yeah. it's we we attempted to well till the battery died run the first four player game <laughs> <laughs> that you had played and I had ever played in a long so yep. we this thing has what two D cell batteries in the original tower? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good old D cells. John had played one three player game prior on those batteries, and then we started a four player game where it was uh myself, John, and a couple of our patrons, which was a really good time, a lot of fun. We were having playing this game. We get down to really the part where two or three of us are about to attack <laughs> the tower in the yeah. final stages, and <laughs> the then batteries. the motor just starts going. Yeah. yeah, it's a uh, that old that old <laughs> tower is really tough on batteries. That doesn't take away from the fact that it was a fun game then. It's a fun game today. Well, and it just goes so far to tell you how far the technology has gone because the new one now, if I'm not mistaken, I think it has like two or three the, double A's. Yeah. yeah, just double A's. That's right. right. 
yeah and it's supposed to operate perfectly fine and i guess that's because like you said a lot of the stuff is happening on the app on the phone as opposed to in the tower a lot of the logic all the processing yep. and everything mm-hmm. yeah which i think is really cool although i really enjoyed playing that four-player original game so much that we even remember for like an hour me you and a couple of the other guys were trying to figure out okay how can we do a dc to ac yeah. conversion Hardwire on this tower this to so plug it into the wall so yeah. it never happens to us again we're searching for yep. stuff for, yeah so i think this is going to be a blast mo i know you're hesitant to pull the trigger i think i'm going <sighs> to pull the trigger today I probably and am. i think i'm going full price i think i'm going the big package really? because Ugh. well you don't want to be left out of anything and be looking at john going oh you've got that thing and <laughs> don't i don't you wish you had it. the good one because <laughs> you know that's what he's gonna do no but then we just go over to john's house <laughs> yeah but you live 30 minutes <laughs> from john cheaper. i'm two It'll and a half cheaper. hours it's a different thing it's not cheaper for me with the gas yeah, alone gas. will kill me in two trips well here's the thing yeah. i mean i waited 35 years for this game i wasn't gonna let a hundred dollars stand between me and the maximum experience in it so yeah it made sense for me to, to Wait, go a hundred dollars so. i think it was a little more than well, okay it was 150 okay yeah. 175 you know, actually nitpick potato <laughs> potato 100 150 so stop yeah. me when i win it's just one more so return, return to dark tower on kickstarter at the time this episode drops there's still a few days left in it to get over and take a look oh okay and mo i'll throw you a link to the show notes you can put down Absolutely. there directly to the kickstarter and uh, I, you can guarantee that in a year or so i'll be talking about this again when i get my very own copy or two years <laughs> yeah. when it finally gets no it. no it will come out on time <laughs> shut up <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do with the radio antenna? Nothing, that's what. So I fail to see what's being accomplished here. When you destroy someone's property, it's just not funny or cool. How would you feel if someone trashed all your stuff like that? Listen, there are a lot of ways to have a good time, but destroying someone else's property just isn't one of them. And that's one to grow on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls in purple rain, it is time for the Generation X game <laughs> segment. Like, what the hell is he talking about? That, that's a deep cut. That's very nice. That is a deep yeah. cut. Well, purple rain is now my favorite patron of Gen X Grown Up. I am <laughs> obligated to say that or he will kick my ass as I found out when I recently met with him over at John's house. He was calling you out because you said Stubaka was your favorite. And he's like, what about chop oh, liver? Stubaka is kind of my favorite. I, you know, I'm like a parent. They're all my favorites, all, really. That's yeah. what Mo said. He said, they're all this big. They're all exactly <laughs> no, but Stubak is my favorite. <laughs> Uh, so yes. anyway, we've got games to play. Mo, you didn't have Jack nope. all in the toys and tech segment, so you damn well better have a game that you've been playing. Oh, yeah, I do have a game. Okay, all right. Well, all hit right. us up with Not it. a total slacker. Not a total slacker. No, no, no. Uh, so it was a game on Steam that's called The Council, which has been in my wish list since it came out, I guess, about six, seven months ago. Okay. Okay. But it was like a $30 game. I'm like, eh, I don't want to pay $30 for this uh, thing. Ah, sure. Yeah. So right. I waited, waited, Meanwhile, waited. we're going to spend two seventy five on Dark Tower. Return. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it finally got down to a reasonable price. And so I picked it up and it's actually a very clever, very cool game. It's like a choose your own adventure murder mystery kind of deal. All right. You got my attention. There's no fighting. You know, it's the first person you're walking around, you investigate things, but a lot of what you, your skills and all the skills you develop help you in conversations and getting information oh, out of people okay. and getting people to do So there's like an you. RPG element? So a little bit like LA Noir. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There is an RPG element. Ah, you know, you okay. can kind of pick like your archetype to start with. Like, are you a detective? Are you a politician? Are you, a, you know, that kind of thing. 
and that gives you certain skills right up front. And as you talk, you learn like about people, like you learn, oh, they respond and it keeps notes for you, which is really nice. Um, this person seems to respond well to flattery. Right. Okay. And you, you learn that. Then the next time you talk to the person, you could pick the options because they always give you like conversation options. So you kind of like, oh, I'm going to say the one that compliments his hat. <laughs> this does sound kind of like L.A. Noir, George, as you mentioned. It feels like a more advanced version of it as far as the dialogue and the interaction with the NPCs. But I was going to ask, Mo, is it set in a particular time? period uh, or is it modern day Englandish time. Okay. All right. I like that time setting for video games. Yep. And you're on an island, of course, That's so you can't go off of it. <laughs> but you walk around, there's clues, you investigate, which I mean, I'm really just kind of, I like games that you have to kind of get deep into them. Sure. I mean, there's there's definitely a place in the world for just, hey, I just want to kill some zombies. So something you haven't really said is, so you're a detective and yep. there's some, what are you trying to solve? What's going on? What's the thrust of the story? You and your mom are actually part of this secret society that kind of investigates mysteries, essentially, like, and mostly supernatural-ish, occultish sort of things. And your mom goes to this island where there's a castle, and your mom goes there and she disappears. So now you're going there because the guy who owns this island has invited you and a whole bunch of people to like a get together on his island. So you're using the opportunity to try to find where your mother is, to find her and find out why she was there. What was she looking for? Why is she missing? Did I see this was actually episodic initially? Is yeah, that- it was. And right now all the episodes are out. So you get them all. That's the shot. way to play oh, those so kind of games. Suffering yeah. by, for the life <laughs> right. is strange kind of yeah. stuff. Exactly. Okay, good. And it's on top of that, it's uh, very reasonably priced right now. It's like 10 bucks, nine ninety five. Is that for all like the that. episodes? That's for everything. Yes, yeah, for the whole thing. Wow. The okay. whole kit how many episodes are there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Because I just know I got them all. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Thing. I'll finish it when I finish Have it. Have you played through the first episode all the way yet? Actually, I just, I played for a little over an hour and okay. I just got into the building. Wow. Okay. All right. You know, there's like some pre-story stuff, which is kind of cool that kind of sets things up. And then you're you're on the dock where you kind of get there in your boat. And there's a couple of people that ride in the boat with you. So you have conversations with them. There's some investigating you do on the docks and then you go in the building. So that's as far as I got. But it kept, you know, I was like, wow, this is a pretty cool game. I mean, if an episode lasts for at least an hour worth of gameplay and it's $10 for the whole series, even if there's only two or three episodes, that still puts it extremely well in line with a game like Life is Strange as far as price per hour of play. Oh, yeah. You know, like 10 bucks the- for that much play if it's interesting. Is yeah, it is. Yeah. And they said, yeah. and I'm not even mm-hmm. through the first episode yet. I just got to the place. It basically gets to that point where it's like, okay, you're in this big room. There's all these people. I'm like, okay, this is going to take some time. <laughs> Cause I got to all those people. Yeah. Learn everything they know. Yep. Yep. So I said, okay, let me just take a break. So that's my break point, but I'm definitely going to jump back into it. Cause it was a lot of fun. So, and right. I got this through the steam sale, which I know John. Yeah. So there's a sale going on right now. And whenever the steam sale comes out, I buy games that I don't want Yeah. because of like, it, it's too cheap to pass up. Cause it's something I was peripherally interested in. And I'm like, well now it's a great deal. And uh, so Obviously, growing up playing computer games, a game that everybody played and modified and did everything was Doom, the original yeah. that came oh, out yeah. years and years and years ago. It was early 90s, late 80s. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Anyway, and for a long time, I was seeing the new Doom that came out in 2016, Yeah, marveling at the the graphics of it and how gorgeous it was. You know, it's funny, we just did a backtrack about computer graphics to the point where this was a game that actually was being sold on how awesome its graphics are, mm-hmm. and it was being used for benchmarks and stuff. And I'm like... $5.99 is what it cost. It normally was a $60 game when it came out. And I'm like, I have been dying to play this because it looks so good. And I bought it for $5.99 and I installed it yeah. and I couldn't wait. And it downloaded and I started it and I played it for about two hours. And I realized that 
this is not the game for me anymore. No, I, I had the same experience. And I think it has to do with us getting older, maybe, or changing priorities or so everything about it should like on a piece of paper makes sense. Like looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Great. Controls well. Great. Mm-hmm. Audio is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great weapons. Lots of monsters. There's ways to finish them off with brutal like finishing moves like a Mortal Kombat kind of thing when they're flashing. And I played it for a while waiting to get that spark of like, all right, I'm into this game. But the thing we've talked about over and over on the show, I think, is that now the things we're looking for in our entertainment is more character driven and story driven. And that's just an afterthought in Doom. Doom is, to its credit, is a gore fest. Let's blow stuff up. Let's shoot guys in the head. Demons everywhere. And I didn't get anything out of it because there was no story. There was no character. Speak up. There's a story, story, but it's a a relevant. You could take the story out and the game would be the same. And the story is so superficial. I mean, really, you're just trying to get through the level. That's all you're trying to do. I stopped. I uninstalled it. I mean, $5.99. Yes, you can have my money. I could probably get a refund still, I guess, if I wanted to. Maybe I'll go back to it again in the future, but it speaks to the problem that I, I don't know. Is it because I'm older? Is it because I, I don't What do you think has made what I, uh, the game I would have loved? Why now is it doesn't interest me? Do you have any, George, <laughs> what, what causes that? What do you, I mean, like, to me, it's the same thing as, you know, when you were a kid, you loved the hell out of chicken nuggets. And now you prefer steak. As you get older, your tastes change. They evolve. You find other things that you're interested in. It's not that that thing is bad. Chicken nuggets are still chicken nuggets. And Doom is still Doom. It's just that you have changed because you've seen more of the world. You've got more life experience. You enjoy different things now. And your palette of entertainment has expanded. So... Of course, there are going to be some things that you're not going to like as much. Now, there are always going to be those things that nostalgically you're going to love no matter what. Dark Tower. That's a perfect example, Mm -hmm. right? You have not wavered in your love for that game in the 30 some odd years that that game has been out between now and then. Mm -hmm. You've loved that game. But not all things are going to be that way. Not all things are going to grab a hold of you nostalgically and going to hold that same place in your heart. Because if they did, you simply wouldn't have room for everything. Yeah. Your yeah. brain couldn't. I think that's a really good analogy. That. And yeah, so this new Doom is it's a chicken nugget. Yep. There's no complexity to it. There's nothing there to really bite into. And there's nothing there to soak up my A1 sauce that I pour on my steak either. Right. <laughs> but this game in particular, though, it just lacks that extra dimension. It's like we play like yeah, the new Wolfenstein, right. right? And we all really love A little the more game. story there. Yeah. yeah. And I think yep. that dimension of associating with a character, like I felt no association with any character that I was playing in Doom, right? I There's nobody. Like, like, Don't care. If I, when I died, I'm Space like, eh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Fine. So I, I think it's just like that extra dimension. I think, I mean, I agree with the whole chicken nugget analogy, but I do yeah, think Doom good. as a game is just, it just lacked something, which I don't know how it did in sales, but uh, I don't know. I can't. They got my know. six bucks. Good on you, Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, what about you? Your segment, what do you think? Anything you've been playing that has any more meat on the bones that uh, you did enjoy? That it, So, is it a chicken nugget or steak? What have you played? <laughs> well, I mean, it's definitely in the chicken nugget category, I think, but <laughs> not in a bad way, because I still like chicken nuggets. <laughs> it, it's all in which dipping sauce you choose. Yeah, That's really the linchpin. Exactly. <laughs> so, we've been playing a crap ton of games in the Discord 
Discord app on live stream, and we've been doing most games from the You Don't Know Jack Party Pack uh-huh. series because it's easy for all of the patrons and other fans of Gen X Grown Up, the podcast, the YouTube videos, the website. You can all join in on this Discord channel, which is genxgrownup.com slash Discord, and join us in these games. And one of the games that we've been playing lately that was a lot of fun we played in our last session was called Fibbage. Mm-hmm. Fibbage. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I really like that game. We started <laughs> off playing Earwax, which is the game that we talked about we last talked time, about which last is time, right? you, know, you pick the different sounds and stuff. With Fibbage, one person picks a category and then everybody else answers with a lie to fit that category. Right. And then <laughs> you get choices whether you get to, you're trying to then choose from amongst all the lies to find the truth. What's the, you yeah. get points if people choose your lie, you get points if you choose the truth. And there are three rounds. There's a first round, a second round, and then a third finale little question that they ask everybody the same one. And it's just a ton of fun. It's quick. It's potato chip, chicken nugget, eating, game play fun. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. I enjoy this. I think the difference here is that this is not a game that has a story. This is a game you play with people. Yes. And the people are what make it fun Absolutely. because the content right. comes from the creativity of the other people in the room. And that's what makes all these Jackbox games, I think, in my opinion, fun is the input. I like that kind of create your own answer or word or lie more than just doing trivia because I might not know trivia, but I might can BS my way through making something up. And I think, (laughs) sure, the creativity of that is kind of fun. Well, and you don't know, Jack, the whole thing that attracted us to it in the first place had nothing to do with the trivia. The trivia questions were worded cleverly and they were fun. It was the humor. It was all about the personality of the presenter. The host, Cookie Masterson, in that Mm -hmm. game was what made you buy the game. But this one, it's the personalities of all the people playing, like you said, that makes you want to go back and play it more. And that's why I love when our fans join us on our Discord gaming channel, because it's so much fun to listen to people. You know, they're uncomfortable at first, like they're not sure what they can say. It's like when you first went into that room in high school, you know, as a freshman, you're like, oh, who can I be friends with? Who's going to reject me? Who's going to accept me? But we're just totally accepting and everybody's ready to make fun of everyone else right away. It's a lot of fun. And these games allow you to do that in a safe, fun environment. Yeah. We're attracting some very fun people oh, in our Discord channel, I will say. And yeah. I yeah. really enjoyed that. <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I just found a new game the other day that one of our Discord members suggested and I'm like, damn it, I went and bought it right away because I'm like, that fits in great. We can play it there too. So we've added to the repertoire of things we can play in there. Oh, cool. There you go. Kids play harder than anybody else and there's nothing like a kid's big Refreshing and bright, yeah. Before we wrap up the show, as you know, we like to take a moment here toward the end to talk about the things we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record. And uh, Mo, I want to start with you. I want to know, what are you looking forward to? So actually, it's a movie. It's coming out February 2nd. And really, my daughter was like super psyched about it, which kind of made me a little more psyched about it. But it looks interesting. It's called Birds of Prey. It's the latest DC comic Was it the Harley Quinn movie? Yep. Yep. The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have a crazy long title? like the Emancipation of Harley Quinn or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. I loved her in Suicide Squad. I thought she played Harley Quinn right, awesome Robbie, in that yeah. one. And so this one, I guess she's doing her own thing with other badass women kind of thing. And it's it just looks like a fun, enjoyable movie. I'm hoping I'll be even a little surprised at the story. So I'm hoping that the story is actually more deep than I suspect. But if it's not, it just looks like a fun movie. So I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I've seen the trailers and I, it's it's DC. It's a world I don't know that much about. I, I really Every time I see it, actually, I think about, I wonder what George thinks about it because of the comic book angle <laughs> and whether or not something that... You, 
you're interested in. Uh, well, yeah, I'm interested in it. It wasn't one that I was going to put on looking forward to because it's one that I'm peripherally interested in. I think there's yeah, some too. Yeah. more entertaining comic book titles coming up later in the year, like uh, Mobius is coming out this year, which was a shock. I forgot that was coming out this year. I think that'll be a really good Marvel title. But Birds of Prey is a really fun and unique take in DC. It was one of the first all-female properties in DC, and it was definitely at least the one I remember reading first that was it was showing negative characters in a positive, strong light. And the fact that they were female, you know, it was talked about in the book, but it wasn't it wasn't him fisted with, you know, we're doing this for females. You know, it wasn't that kind of a thing. Okay. It was we're doing this because these are good characters. I've always enjoyed the property. It's a fun series. And them doing it with Margot Robbie makes total sense because there's nobody else that I can ever see playing Harley Quinn at this point after what she did in mm. Suicide Squad. So, Mo, when does this come out? We can look uh, February 2nd. February 2nd. All right. Days. Sweet. George, let's turn to you. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to sports, believe it or not. Okay. Any particular sports? <laughs> yeah, there is a new <laughs> professional football league about to debut right after the Super Bowl of the NFL, and that is the XFL. Oh. Yes, Vince McMahon's How they done original that 1990s. Yes, he did. Okay, all right, all right. I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah. So Vince McMahon, WWE fame, Mr. President, walks around with big giant brass balls, that guy. Yeah, he decided <laughs> to go back after. <laughs> Have you ever seen his walk? Is, is that, a- that whole story? thing it's is that like a thing McGregor stole that, that walk from him no that's him he, that was one of the things <laughs> in one of his storylines one okay. time <laughs> sorry it struck me as funny like somebody was one of the wrestlers was making fun of how he walked and he said that's because i have big balls and, and that just stuck <laughs> all right okay all right anyway so the xfl's <laughs> The XFL. They're not going WWE route like they did with the first XFL. Now, the first XFL introduced a lot of things that, John, you probably appreciate more than anybody else as far as the production value of a sporting event. Right. That wire cam that swings around the stadium. Sure. That's oh, XFL. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The mic'd up players. That's yeah. XFL. Okay. The instant replay. That's XFL. All oh, of that stuff okay. came from huh. the XFL before it made it to the NFL. I'll be damned. This new one is, again, trying to be innovative, not necessarily in the production side of things, but more in the rules of the game. There are no more field goals in this game as far as extra points are concerned. Now you have to <laughs> you have to try and run it into the end zone, and depending upon how far back you agree to start, you get more points. So one, <laughs> really? two, three points after Jeez. a touchdown. Yes. So it's, it, it's not, totally different rules from regular like American football. Totally different rules. I mean, the 90% of the rules are there. They're changing some things for safety and some things for fun and fast paced enjoyment of the game, which is something that I like a running clock all the (laughs) way through until the last two minutes. I think punt returns. Nobody can move until after the receiver grabs the ball. So there's none of those, like he grabs the ball and somebody takes his head off type of shots. Wow. This reminds me of an old George Carlin bit where we said basketball would be more interesting if you got 10 points for any ball that went in the hoop off another guy's head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, what can we do to amp it up and make it crazier? And that's what they did. Sounds like schoolyard rules almost. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. All right. We don't have anybody that can kick, so here's what we're going to do. Yeah, here's, the, here's the rule. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's what they're going for. They're trying to draw people back into it because a lot of fans who were diehard fans of the NFL and have walked away have walked away because the NFL has felt like it's not enjoyable. And that's why it's got the nickname of the no fun league. Oh, so man. like I haven't watched professional football in years. I only watch college football now. 
But with the XFL, I'll begin to watch professional football again. And hopefully they'll make it more than one season this time. <laughs> I didn't have any interest in XFL when I first heard you start to talk about it. And now I'm interested. That's sure. bizarre. Okay, good. Yeah, they're doing something <laughs> right. I mean, this is somebody who doesn't care about professional sports. And I'm curious to see what they do just from a mix it up standpoint. Where are they going to huh. be aired? On what channel? Actually, they are going to be aired on three different networks. They're going to be aired on ABC, ESPN, and Fox. Wow. With Fox, they've got Fox and Fox One. That's some coverage. Yeah, the very first week is Saturday, February 8th, and they have two games on that day. And then the very next day, Sunday, February 9th, they have two more games because they're rounding out all the teams in the league. There are only eight teams in the league right now. And my team that I'm going to be pulling for is the only team in Florida, Tampa Bay. So the Tampa Bay Vipers play on February 9th. Hmm. So starting the 9th. Okay. Now I want to see it. This is really interesting to me. So (laughs) it feels weird. You may only watch 10 minutes of it but yeah you know. it feels weird to look forward to a professional sporting event but i am right now that's very odd for me but you got me you get extra points if you kill a person the opposing team so right that was the old xfl they're oh, taking yeah. that rule oh, out now yeah. <laughs> there's no he hate me players like there were in the original xfl so john what about you what are you looking forward to I'm looking forward to a new television series that I didn't see coming, actually, and I just read about it probably in the last few days. It's called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Have you heard a word about this? No. No, it sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons type thing. Yeah, so it sounds yep. interesting. You, you wouldn't be uh, you wouldn't be wrong probably in assuming that's what it sounds like, and you're probably right. So this is a series from Apple TV Plus. All the episodes drop on February seventh. The concept, from what I'm getting from the trailers, that grabbed me is if what if you took the series I love, Superstore, right. but it was all about software developers. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. It's this team of people making a game called Mythic Quest: Raven's Banquet, and they're like a software company, and it's all the interaction between them. There's the egomaniac guy who is like a John Carmack sort of kept putting myself in the game and I'm the greatest thing. And there's the mm-hmm. de- developers are kind of put upon. It's got shades of Silicon Valley to it because it's kind of technical and, you know, working with software devs. But it's also got this overarching video game layer because it's about playing games and there's scenes where they're doing motion capture and scenes where they're arguing over design. And uh, anyway, it looks fun. It's a comedy and uh, it's going to drop uh, February 7th. I think I said on Apple TV, all the episodes are going to be available. It looks like something that might be right up our Alley. Anybody we know in it? Nobody I know in like it. Even known actors yeah, nobody or? that jumped out at me as somebody. Now, there are character actors you'll recognize from stuff you've seen. Got it. But not like a, you know, must see this actor kind of guy. No main lead that I would know. I'm adding it to my list now. So I'll yeah, definitely I be watching too. on yeah, February so 7th. It sounds interesting. So I'll, uh, Mo, I'll give you a link to throw down in the show notes. There's a trailer you can go watch. Okay. So yeah, if you like any of those things I mentioned, like a, like a superstore, like a Silicon Valley, or almost it had a little bit of vibe, like powerless a little bit, you know, kind of in a workplace environment doing something amazing. Uh, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet might be worth checking out. Alrighty. A fun factory. Let's have a Play-Doh party. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> a shooting star. You can make all sorts of great things with a Play-Doh Fun Factory. I made spaghetti. And now you can get a Play-Doh Fun Flyer free when you buy Fun Factory and specially marked packages. <laughs> it's lots of fun and little enough to take with you wherever you go while supplies last. 
If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. George and Mo, that is going to wrap it up for another episode of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. You know, before we get out of here, I'd love to stop just a moment here at the end and thank all those amazing people who support us over on Patreon. You ready for this list? Here we go. Uh-oh. I'm talking about you, go. you guys, Mike R., Keith, Chad, Agile, Marcus, Greg Z, Dan, Levi, Slowmo, John with an H, T2, Thomas, Davis, Gary, Blasted or Stashes, Chewbacca, Mark, Tony, Dana, Adam, Stewmonkey, Greg, L. Stian, and Mike C. Ooh. Admittedly, I took a breath in the middle, but it's because I didn't want to pass out. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. These are literally people that take a few bucks out of their wallet every month, support us financially, help us keep the lights on and uh, encourage what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website. You can join them. It's easy. Mo, if anyone wanted to join this amazing roster of human beings, how would they go about doing that? Oh, it is so simple. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Check out the levels. Oh, yeah. There's bonus content to be had. There's swag to be had at certain levels. Check it out. Easy to do. We hope you will join us and we're so grateful for those of you that do support us. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular edition of the show, but next week with our backtrack, we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And next week, we're going to be talking all about that great deal where you could get a whole bunch of music for a penny. Ugh. Those record clubs that came in your mailbox. God, I have like, that, that, that story stressing me out. <laughs> Don't forget to send the card back. You're going to get more than you asked. You <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> do you still have records coming in? Is that I, I would be surprised if I got a big I, It wouldn't surprise somewhere. me if they found yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you don't want to miss that backtrack where we reminisce about the record clubs until then i am john george thank you for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you always fun man fourth listeners though we appreciate you most of all and we'll talk to you all next time bye-bye see you guys take care everybody no life no fun don't you know that you're a grown-up Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. The other thing that got me is it got, um, oh crap, hold up, what's her name? Um, that lady. Crap. Yeah, which everyone knows who she is as soon as I say her name. The woman from the thing. Yeah, at the place. <laughs> The base price for the game is, uh, I think it's like $200, I think. I, I forget what the base price is. And now, you know, now I've, I've, I've got to check because I don't want to undersell. You, you forgot well, because I forgot you were what the cheap one sticker was. shock. I don't know what the cheap one was. I bought the expensive one. Hold on. Let me look. <laughs> well, if they want to join us, all they have to do is go to, how do they join us? They go to- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it now. You go to, uh, <laughs> Let me try that again. Yeah. So it's Patreon. <laughs> is it dot com slash? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah Patreon.com Patreon. slash. So I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pitch to you again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mo, if anyone wanted to join this amazing roster of human beings, Mo, human if anyone beings? wanted to join this amazing <laughs> roster being? of, of humans, because it's, it's talking. <laughs> Three, two. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult? struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? 
Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.